Lay. Zer. Yeah. Yeah. Kane is in the building. Yeah. Alright, already the show goes on all night. Till the morning we dream so long. Anybody ever wonder when they will see the thunder? Just remember when you come up. Hello and welcome to the Glasgow PD podcast, episode 32. I'm joined today by Scott Simpson. Hello. And Andy Scott. How you doing? We are live from the podcast rooms in West Regent Street. Listen to that audio. It's beautiful. <laughs> crisp. It's crisp. Um, yeah, it's been a while since us three have been um, united. Mm-hmm. And today we're going to talk about the realities of becoming or being a PT. So Andy, first of all, why did you suggest this topic, mate? Is there something that you really want to drill home? Uh, yeah, um, so basically scrolling through social media and that, you see a lot of posts from starting out PTs uh, with video photos and stuff, and it almost seems like they're, s- they're just lowering their their worth before they've even started, um, be it just completely missing the point with certain posts or just not... Just basically trying to focus on picking up PTs on the gym floor. They're trying to be two social media type yep. type PTs. And I saw a few of them uh, just before I kind of messaged you. And then obviously I saw your your story and I was like, oh, bang, that's, that's a good excuse to kind of talk about this. But ourselves, I think, obviously you're the best out of the three of us in social media. Um, I've tried, I try and do my bit. And Scott, you obviously try and do your, mm-hmm. your bit as well. But you can tell when a PT's first starting out. And I think they're just far too focused on nailing social media before they've nailed the PT side of things. Um, and that applies for trying to be not just a one-to-one PT, but also trying to push themselves into the online industry way before they've even established themselves as a one-to-one PT. So basically, that's why I just want to touch on the realities of actually when you first take your first step in the industry and what you should expect, what you should be doing rather than trying to mirror what kind of the the well-established and successful PTs do. Because if you focus on the one-to-one PT initially from that point, you will get to that point where social media is your your best tool, but it's almost as if they're taking 100 steps before they've taken one. Yep, so totally agree, mate. So. Um, and that comes for, we're all trying to do these kind of fancy apps and edits and people want to know how you do these secret video edit and stuff and mm-hmm. Scott you're sitting there right now and you know you didn't start your social media properly until about a year and a half ago maybe a year ago am I right? Yeah, yeah a couple of years ago. You were the busiest PT in your gym uh, with not a social media in sight mm-hmm. so and the same can be said of you Andy you joined and you obviously you had your bodybuilding following everybody mm-hmm. was uh, you know get joined in on your journey mm-hmm. but when you went to Pure Gym and I'll get you to elaborate on this like later because it is a problem mm-hmm. that you encountered when you go into a gym mm-hmm. was you didn't do much in your social media you came to a gym the biggest guy in the gym mm-hmm. uh, do you remember when you started in pure gym mm-hmm. about what weight you were 134 kilo yeah <laughs> so you weren't exactly the most relatable guy there no, you one of the most um approachable guy not for not the commercial gym goer mm-hmm. um so you know it's, it's i think for me as much as i'm pro social media and pro mm-hmm. how much it can you know, grow your business. Uh, I learned the basics first. Aye. Scott, you obviously learned the importance of the number one thing with one to one PT mm-hmm. um, in terms of getting new clients, which is referrals. Mm-hmm. Um, you didn't rely on 
fancy marketing, fancy uh, you know Instagram, fancy social media, fancy post posts. Mm -hmm. So I guess what Andy's also trying to get at is that um, if you do the foundations, you can build a good sustainable business. Yes, social media will take you to new heights, mm -hmm. but like Andy said, the people just starting out need to know the, the realities of the basics, yeah, yeah. I like, think like form, etc. I think in some ways it was actually a little bit of an advantage. Like it wasn't, like I've been PTing for what, like seven, eight years, something like that. So I didn't really have a, I didn't start with a <coughs> social media page, whereas a lot of people are kind of like, I suppose, and it makes sense to do this, to be fair, this isn't like having a dig or anything like that. They've got a social media page set up for when they start. And a, and that's fine. Like I said, it makes sense to do that. It's not a dig, but I kind of feel like that was a bit of an advantage that I didn't have that mm -hmm. because I was just solely reliant on what I was doing in the gym. And that was it. There was no other distractions. Um, and that was all my focus. That's where all my time went. And I do think that there is this tendency to... Um, I suppose it's like you sort of buy into how how the kind of the, the PT thing looks more than what it actually is. Mm. And that's because <coughs> you're seeing it on social media all the time. Um, and like I said, I just think it was a bit of an advantage that I didn't have that. All my focus, all my energy went into just being on the gym floor, how I was on the gym floor, how I was with clients. Um, and th that was everything. Like I said, it was only like a couple of years ago when I started properly using social media. Um, and it definitely has its advantages. It's not like, but I, I do feel like in those early stages, like my focus was in the right place mm -hmm. because I didn't have the option. Yeah, not, you, didn't have, like, you didn't have to pretend that you had a business. You already exactly, had one. Yeah, yeah. More people interact on social media than the day in the gym floor now. Mm -hmm. Aye. Like more people are like send me a message, you know, how's your fitness goals? Mm -hmm. Instead of you know, if you've got 20, 20 to thirty people in a class, you, you you put your head down and go away at the end of the class instead of asking the twenty thirty people that are in front of you. Mm -hmm. But it's because social media we can hide behind that. We can be like, hey guys, I've got two more spaces left, and mm -hmm. you know, advertise that way, and then the, the client gets in to meet you and be like, oh, this lass is pure bubbly, this guy's pure seems pure nice to get mm -hmm. in, like. Hi, how you doing? Mm. Aye. Zero personality. Aye. Because they're hiding behind their social media front. Mm -hmm. So, like, uh, take seven, eight years ago when you were in the gym. I mean, there would have been people when established when you started in the gym. Yep. PT-wise, and you'd have looked and went, why is he so busy? Why is she so busy? Right. Because when he's with his client, he has tunnel vision on the client. He's not looking about. He's, his client's got great form. They get great results. Right, I'm going to copy that guy. Mm -hmm. Instead, now it's like, oh, that lassie looks, or that guy looks like they've got a successful business on Instagram. I'm going to copy that. I'm going to mm -hmm. copy what they're saying and what they're doing. Mm -hmm. And ultimately, it just leads to you Almost being word for word. Awesome. <laughs> in most cases, it's like plagiarism. Mm -hmm. You yeah. know what I mean? Aye. So, aye, that's worth noting that, um, and, and that's a good point, mate. I never thought of that, that um, actually you never had it to start out with, which helped massively. Yeah. I was the same. Like, it wasn't really booming at that point. But I just had, in any PT listening to this, young or old, the mere conversations you have, the mere clients you'll get, not the mere conversations you have on social media. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm, yeah. um, if you've got people in front of you, talk to them first mm -hmm. and then reach out on social media. Aye. Yep. Even, even when I was starting, sorry, even when I was starting, there was like a saying um, that was that kind of went about a little bit. I can't remember who said it, but it was maybe even when I was like, even before I started being a PT, where they were saying you sh the first thing you should do is you should m master your postcode. Like you should almost be like the go-to in the area. Sort of thing, and that should be your focus. Whereas now, I don't think that is the focus. I think no. it's like, how many followers can I get? On? 100%. Right. Yeah. And, and, and so, you, you you skip the basics. I think it's like training. Mm -hmm. I think there's a lot of people in the PT thing now who are 
missing out on the basics just because their focus is in the wrong place. Yep. Yeah, when I when I first came to Bath Street, like I was kind of thrown into PT because um, things didn't work out. My other kind of well, I'm, I'm an engineer to trade, and obviously when the oil industry took a big hit, that's when I decided to take on PT. But the reason I hadn't um, took on PT was it just wasn't something I wanted to do. I didn't want to combine my hobby and my job. So when I went into PT, I, yeah, I had that kind of, I almost had a pretty good social media following behind me. But when I came in, I was a bit naive and a bit arrogant to the fact that, one, that people were just going to come up and talk to me because that guy's massive. He knows what he's doing. When in reality, in commercial gyms and in most gyms, to be honest, People, I'm not approachable. Mm. I think even nowadays I'm still not approachable. Um, remember, you, do you remember that time when that guy walked in? We were both in the oh same. Oh yeah, we were just, so we, funny. We were next to each other on a bit of kit on the flat bench, which is just right next to each other in our gym. And uh, someone walked in and like just scanned us and walked past Andy to come to me to ask a question <laughs> at, the, at the door. Yeah, like I remember like scary help. bodybuilder. I, so yeah, so that that's just proves the kind of point. But when I first came in, I was like, everyone's going to come talk to me to ask how to build muscle or whatever, and so my demeanor was, I'm not talking to anyone. Um, also coming from like a bodybuilding background, like bodybuilding gyms and stuff, you just get in and crack on. I'd, I had to develop over time the way I spoke to people, the way I approached people in the gym. Um, even to this day, I still do it. I have to remind myself when I'm going in, right, you need to smile because if you don't, you look like you're way to stab them, Aye. right? Um, and I know to f- like, especially like female members, that like it can be quite intimidating for for someone like myself, but it's not just someone like myself, like kind of. Yeah, I think PTs in that as well. It's a PT in general. It's oh. quite can be quite intimidating for a few people, but so I had to drastically change the way in which I approached people on the gym floor, people in the gym, spoke to people, and conducted myself with clients because I wanted to. I wanted people on the gym floor to see me with a client, just say a middle aged woman in like just coming in and doing a bit of mobility, a wee bit of weights, and a wee bit of cardio. I wanted to see people with someone like that. So when I was with her, I, I knew that I had to sit there and really hone in how I how I conduct my sessions. Mm-hmm. And I want, granted, I'm only focusing on my client, but you are your own advertisement. And I wanted people to see, oh, this guy is not just a big, stupid bodybuilder. Yep. And mm-hmm. um, over time, it slowly, I think it did kind of progress. Yep. And then um, people would come to me and then they'd message me through social media, see me on social media, and then kind of message me about PT and stuff and online and uh, that kind of thing. So... That for me was my reality Aye. in a PT was that you you can't just step in and assume that things are going to work for you because I thought coming with my knowledge and my experience in the weight room that I would have people throwing money at me and that was not the case. I didn't make a dime. I know we don't use dimes here. I didn't make, <laughs> <laughs> to make a penny the first six months of PTing. So, so so the the takeaway point there is that it's less important about the fact that you know how to build muscle and mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, form execution is very, very important. But first and foremost, you need to be relatable to the client. You need to be yeah. able to understand what they're thinking, what they what they want, mm-hmm. um, and and especially as as the time goes on. That's the one thing that you know I've recommended a few clients to you. And um, on the surface, the, this the first thing I say is wait till you meet them, mm-hmm. um, because on the surface of your Instagram and stuff, it's your Instagram. Mm-hmm. You post what you want for your following, what gets you most engagement. Mm-hmm. But from a business point of view, um, as soon as they meet you. That's when it's fine mm-hmm. on the surface, and that's but th- that's just the case with it, and I guess. But mm-hmm. the biggest takeaway point is, like, like Andy learned very quickly, you might have to adapt to the gym you're in. Yeah, hundred percent. You know, if it's a leisure club, if it's if it's a bodybuilder gym, and you want to be part of that, then 
you know, you might get swallowed up unless you're in about that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. But you need to adapt. You need to, and you need to move away from what other people are doing and just and prioritize what you do. Mm-hmm. Uh, like you said, mate, everything you do in the gym gets watched by at least one member, a potential mm-hmm. client. Mm-hmm. And as soon as you take your foot off the gas, they put their wallet it's back possible. in their pocket. Yeah, it's yeah. harsh and as that. I mean, like we can, if they've been PTs and all that, we can see it a mile off. You just look when when I go into other gyms, like ask. I like doing that in other gyms. I've seen how PTs react, yep. interact with each other, and how they interact with clients and stuff. And you go into some gyms, and you're just like, like he does not care. He does not. Mm-hmm. He does not give a shit about his client. Um, and granted, we're a little bit more open to it because we want to go in and see how everything's working and see what people are doing, just to kind of maybe learn off someone. But and maybe members don't see that. The general public don't see that. But you know, sometimes it's just so flippant and just so obvious that you're like, they surely people see that and they see the way that you're with your client not giving a shit or you're on your phone or whatever. And yep. Uh, Hopefully raise yeah. the awareness as well, mate. Yeah. Like, like, unfortunately, because health and fitness is what sometimes deemed as just alien to people, mm-hmm. that they just give their money to somebody who's convenient to them. So if it's a local gym, you just give your money to a, a trainer there. Instead of that, I urge you to have a watch, have a look at our stuff, mm-hmm. look at them in person training people. Does the client look like they're having a good time? Does the trainer care? Does mm-hmm. it look like he's, does he, is he just leaning, ready to fire, and ready mm-hmm. to like see his next one out the door? Mm-hmm. Um, do your homework. Like, I've spoken about this a million times on podcasts, but hopefully that, you know you can just use a bit of, your, use a bit of savvy because I know sometimes people just panic because they want results so quick and they just hand their money at any Tom, Dick and Harry. Mm-hmm. So have a good think about it. Mm-hmm. So we'll move on to the... Like Andy shared his one of his sort of reality checks that he had in the start of his PT game. Scott, what would you say was was one of yours? It was at certain points. I know there was a time where um, financially it was like, right, I need to get us a good go here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I suppose um, I always remember when I first started. I think that I'd sort of probably been sold a little bit on this idea that I was going to walk in and. It was like a because it is marketed this way, isn't it? It's like you you can earn. I don't know what they say these days. What do they say? Thirty grand, forty grand a year. You see hundred k on Instagram. Oh, some do people. they? Aye, right. Aye. Well, we see <laughs> six uh, figures, so bro. Six, six that, figures. I was a wee while ago, so maybe it's inflation or something. <laughs> I don't know. But uh, so it used to be like that, and and it's it is not like that. You you walk into a gym and like I, I was sort of like quite take. I wasn't on my own. I was given like help. People offered help and all that. It wasn't like that. But you're sort of like just in there and all of a sudden it's just you you have to put the work in and I didn't really necessarily have that realization from the get-go um but yeah I was I was sort of working still part-time I was washing cars my dad had a garage so I was washing cars there and it was literally um I just did enough there to afford the train journey I was in Larbert and I was commuting to Glasgow just did enough there to afford the the train journey through and uh, it got to probably about six months I think where I hadn't it, it was just the the realization was slowly slowly hitting me that it wasn't just going to be handed to me this is not the Mm. way it's going to work and um like i said i didn't have a social media or anything like that it was really about what you did on the gym floor Mm. it was what you did in classes it was who even knew you existed do you know what i mean i was turning up and doing my shifts and then going home and um not maybe doing enough of the extra stuff and there was probably a moment where at the gym i was at they were doing a kind of course a sort of weight loss course thing and there was a, a lot of people had turned up um, for it and one of the kind of more experienced PTs was the the kind of manager said oh this guy's going to help you 
help you set because you have to take everyone's measurements on day one, right? And they were like, this guy's going to help you sort it out. And he came to me before and he was like, listen, why do we know? Just say to them as part of this course, right? You can, you can get a free PT session. We'll just do that and we'll just split them in half. You could take half and I'll take half. And uh, yeah, and that's, that, that's what we did. We did that and I picked up clients from it and it was like this wow moment where I was like, all right, okay, right, this is a little bit what it's like. And so I started doing things like that. I started actually doing little bits and pieces and uh, eventually it sort of took off a little bit from there. But it, it, was, uh, it took about six months for the reality of what the job actually was for, on that side of it. Because I was always keen to help. Like, it was not that. I was always keen to help. And I, I've, I sort of... Um, y- you learn a lot when you start PT from there onwards. You probably turn up thinking you know what you're doing and then you realise quite quickly as, as you learn more and more and more that y- you get better and better and you think... You see how much better you are as a PT when you're a year in, two years, three years or whatever. But I, I was never... It was never because of lack of care nor that I, th- I, I didn't have a clue what I was doing. It's just that I wasn't doing enough. I wasn't, like, putting myself out there and making moves. And I just had... To, I was a bit disillusioned as to what PT actually was. Um, because even then, without social media and all that, I still thought it was this glamorous job yeah. where you just turn up and it was like... You just get giving people to train yes. and then you go home. Happy days. But it wasn't really like that. Aye. You need to really take yourself out of your comfort zone with mm-hmm. and a lot in a lot of ways it's it's very similar to the clients you're trying to seek. Do you know what I mean? They have mm-hmm. to reach out and uh, certainly for a PT point of view, you need to have a ton of conversations. For me when I even when you were there as well when you started, you were one of the smallest guys in a group of like ten, fifteen guys. Mm-hmm. Um so from a on a surface point of view, you were probably drifting away in the crowds like a face faceless almost yeah i was intimidated and as well yeah well yeah. that's it so you're Aye. and you're young as well mm-hmm. um so one of the things that i found was um obviously you want to get respect for your peers you want to get respect for your peers and learn from <coughs> them and work together with them but what a lot of times one of the biggest realities that i found was that i was spending too much time with them and i was um getting their respect and you know for me, it was about, right, you have to be here, you have to be in the gym, get seen, get seen training people. And I'm like, well, I don't have any clients, so I can't be seen training people, right? Mm-hmm. So I knew that I would go to my classes and give it 100% and, you know, make people feel good and then they would leave. Um, and then I'd sit in the staff room, um, but I'm here. And then I'd go away and I'd been there for 10 hours. Mm-hmm. Well, what had I done in that time? Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying play the hard sell and go to the gym floor and start talking to people. I'm saying... Uh, one of the things I would tell people who want to become a PT or as a PT right now that um, you're going to have to be very, very strict on what you spend your time on and who you spend your time with. Mm-hmm. Um, because I lost probably six to eight months just trying to get pally with the PTs and fellow PTs. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that happens now online a lot. You'll see right. other PTs commenting on other PTs stuff just to be like, hey, gal, this and that, just to get respect online and I've never even met them yet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, s- probably show more attention to other PTs or other fitness people than p- clients mm-hmm. or potential clients. You're, you, you know, you've got a social media because you're meant to be there to help people, not just to be pally with people and be mm-hmm. popular and, and current mm-hmm. amongst the industry. Do you know what I mean? So that's one thing I would say is um, choose your time wisely and who you spend it with. Uh, if you need to be the only PT that you know leaves the staff room after just eating and then goes to a coffee shop and does work, mm-hmm. do it. Mm-hmm. You know, I wish I did it sooner, but instead I was just trying to be like school. I was trying to be popular, trying to be you know, oh, he's funny, whatever. It's like, well, funny doesn't he pay the bills? Do you mm. know what I mean? It can if you monetize it, you know, your clients and that. <laughs> um, I think you've spoken the story of what I used to do when I was um, when I first started. I, I was doing it two seconds ago. 
I'd sit on the first floor and pretend to type on my right. laptop and hope that I'd ca- catch eyes with people passing me. Um, it looked a bit seedy because obviously that table's outside the female changing room. <laughs> but um, <laughs> I, would just, I would just sit there and like, I'd just try and get someone's eye like that yep. and just yeah. be like, please talk to me. So like, you knew what you had to do? Aye, and that's do what I'm trying mean? to point out is that if, if you're thinking about PT is that like, you can't just do your shift and go no. home. You can't just do an arm session and hope someone clocks you because no one's no one's gonna approach you when you're training and be like, "Can you train me?" Like they're not like that's rare. That is rare. Um, so yeah, that's that's my reality. I sat there and I was just pretending to type just like that, and then occasionally I get a hiya, a hello, and then that turned into I don't know talking to them more often and and stuff like that. So actually, we we'll go back to my point earlier of me trying to be. Um, welcoming to all types of people is remember that um, older woman I used to train the um, the, the grey hair it was just me and her on the treadmill for about 30 minutes oh, and she just basically paid me to talk to her but like that's that's one example of her just like passing me and I just get trapped in conversation with her and then she was like oh well I'm looking f- just to kind of help with this I'm like cool um, so it's, it's wee things like that it's just small efforts here and there in the gym and I think just as you were saying is that I, I don't know it's, it's like the PTs want to be there but they don't at the same time yeah. It's yeah. so I feel I feel like it's like when I think back to when I started and w- where my focus was it was all about like all I just wanted to do really was be on the gym floor with people mm-hmm. like that's what I wanted to do that's why I got into it but I had no I had no concept of like really marketing myself it took six months and someone to say why do we not offer a free taster session before i even thought of that as a concept do you know what i mean of marketing myself in any way i just thought people were going to come up to me but now i feel like it's like that dynamics flipped and now all people want to do is like be like sort of market themselves like to be a, a social media pt that people will just go to and they don't put as much into um, the actual being on the gym floor and what you're doing with people on the gym floor. Yep. So I, I mean, I, I could be wrong. That that was just that was just the kind of the way it sort of looks from my perspective yeah. based on starting. It directly it. correlates with the fact that everybody wants to be an online coach now. Mm. That's just the way. Yeah, I'll just wait. Exact same thing. Thing. Nobody. I, I done a post a while ago, but that's no. Everybody wants to be an online coach. Nobody wants to be a PT. Mm-hmm. What's wrong with being a PT? Mm-hmm. Totally. Because it's like on the surface of things, when they get a wee glimpse of how much hard work they need to do on the ground on the gym floor, they realise that. Oh no, I'd rather sit on my laptop in Starbucks. What time did you start this morning? Six. Andy? Time me oh. up. Uh, five. I get up at four. Time me up Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Scott, same. Yeah. So, I mean, what is it? Six o'clock here mm-hmm. on a Friday night doing a podcast. Still got um, work to do when I get home and all that as well. I still got yeah. check-ins today, the day tomorrow. My point is <laughs> that if you don't, if you're not prepared to work and you, you can't find happiness and enjoyment in this, you're never going to be a PT. So all yeah. the stuff we're talking about is irrelevant <coughs> um, because I, it's a very rewarding job if you can, you know, for your clients, for you, um, financially as well, if you're willing to put the work in. Mm. But you shouldn't feel that work. Mm-hmm. It should, you should just get tired. You shouldn't get to the point where you're fed up with your clients. If you feel that you, in six months, want to become an online coach, one, you will not have the understanding of your clientele. You won't know their struggles. You won't know... Um, you won't know how to speak to them on your social media, mm. which is essentially going to be your only method of income because you're going to go online. Mm. Um, so, I would I would suggest that you spend at least two years, three years, um, training as many people as possible, build mm. up a catalogue of um, transformations, 
client testimonials um, before you even think about online because um, I would I, I'll try and like keep one to one going until as long as possible mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because the amount I learn every day purely mm-hmm. like most of my my content comes from speaking to one to one clients mm-hmm. that's that's what Aye. it does so I would be I would have a dry up if I didn't if I didn't have the people mm-hmm. plus I love it plus I get better results because I train them mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know yeah I mean like just lost my train of thought um, one of the things I was oh. going to say is you want to go? I've, I've got it now right, okay, okay. Go. Um, so yeah basically like when I do I was quite lucky in the position because I was I was coaching bodybuilders before I came into PT so I, I kind of come from the kind of flip so my online was, was, was quite good before I came in to the one to one side of things so I was the opposite I was I kind of like I knew how to talk to people over email over WhatsApp over text and stuff Um. And, and still to this day, I think my feedback is one of the things I'm quite proud of is how much I sit and analyze things and try and, try and give people as much feedback as I possibly can in each check-in. And for me, like, in all honesty, like, I, when I first started, I would sweat every single session because I did not know how to talk to people. I didn't know how to talk to people that weren't bodybuilders or um, a, a guy in their mid-twenties. I have no idea how to talk to them. And, yeah, every single session, I would sit there just... Like just fucking sweating and being just so scared of doing the next session because I was like, I need to think a chat, I need to think a chat. Mm-hmm. And over time, um, the skill of just talking to people and being with people built up over time. And I've that that then even that translated through to my my online because then I'm like, look, if there's an issue, phone me, or like we can FaceTime. Before that, I'd be like, how dare you? How dare you phone me? Like I'm not I'm not picking up the phone. Mm-hmm. Don't know how to talk to people. Um, so, Aye. um. That that was one thing. It was a bit of a kind of social anxiety of being in that position of not power, but you know what I mean, like mm-hmm. as a PT, Aye. and having to talk to people that you just had like almost in some cases nothing in common. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and that's that's another reality of of kind of what you have to do. You have to be aware that there are people of different backgrounds. Some people, the, I've got clients, I've had clients um, who don't give a shit when they're there and you have to drag them through the session and you, you have to understand that they they really want I, I don't know they want to be fit or gain some muscle lose body fat but they don't really want to be there and um you have to one inspire them you have to be able to understand why they don't want to be there and this that and this i mean how many pts do we know and coaches we know where they're like Oh, for fuck's sake, like so and so hasn't eaten this, or she hasn't done that, or he hasn't done this, and he hasn't that. And you're like, you have to sit back and be like, like here's why they haven't done that. And then you've got to kind of like just reason with them and kind of learn and just know how to deal with these certain situations. Mm-hmm. And I think you are, as a starting PT, you are going to be frustrated. I mean, the number one thing is PTs chasing clients for check ins. That's usually the number one thing yeah. that I hear. And, um, and then you become so frustrated and you end up not liking the client and and, and all that kind of stuff. You have to realise that people aren't you. Like, yep. Like as Especially you. Yeah, I, I came from a competitive bodybuilding background. Like, that's just so, like, not the norm. So I had to learn pretty quickly, like, so-and-so isn't going to stick to their diet seven days a week. They're just not. And there's no point in me shouting and bawling at them if they do. Don't, sorry. Mm-hmm. So these wee things as well, you have to learn about characters and diversity and all that sort of stuff. I think being a PT has made me a far better person in general. Definitely. Just being able to deal but with all these kind of people. you've shifted so. your mindset, mate. Yeah, you've not yeah. been locked in on, you need to do this, or I cannot train you. Aye, totally. And Scott, mm-hmm. Scott will, be, um, will tell you this as well. 
over time, I, I, I'm the same. I used to get frustrated because don't get me wrong, you only want the best for the client. Yeah, you're yeah. not doing it because you're, you know, it's your your hidden agenda. You're doing mm. it because you want the best for the client. You want results. But over time, I, I feel that you, um, clients listening to this might know my secret. But <laughs> I feel it become you become a kind of psychologist. Yep. Um, and Scott, you're good with this in terms of you you, you know how to deal with people. Mm-hmm. You know what to say. You know what you know when not to say something. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? And you and what that does is build up a build up a pure bulletproof uh, relationship with the client. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? There's mm-hmm. clients now that um, you know when to put the gas down on them Aye. and go full throttle, and you know when oh. to take it off mm-hmm. just by the the clear indications they give you. So that uh, you're absolutely right, mate. You can't underestimate how important it is to just understand them. If a client like your client um, used to. If I, if I want to sit in the leg press for half an hour and have you talk to me and listen to me whinging, I just need your ear. Aye. Let me do it. Aye. Does mm-hmm. Andy go all bodybuilder mode and say, no, we need to go Aye, right now. Your now. rest period now. Aye. No, I knew. But that's probably something you learned, mate. Aye. Over time. Yeah. And it's the same Aye. with that woman on the, the treadmill. Mm-hmm. But if you look at training principles, this is a, a complete waste of your Aye. one hour here. But Aye. I know what you need for this today. You just need to move your legs and feel and feel somebody to talk to. Mm-hmm. Aye. Aye. And so you obviously you came from it from a kind of bodybuilding background. That was kind of like your start point. I, I went when I, I went to uni and I did sport and exercise science and the degree I did in Aberdeen, it was basically applied physiology. I actually thought it was going to be like um P advanced advanced higher P. Aye. Do you know what I mean? I thought it would be P two point oh. Aye, two point oh. Sounds dynamic. <laughs> but uh, it wasn't. It was applied phys- physiology, and but I didn't mind that. Like I, I've always, I've always been quite. Um, I think when it comes to things like that, I would probably say that like there are certain elements of fitness where I can be quite sort of like almost geeky. Mm. Do you know what I mean? I like the technical side of it. Aye. And one of the things I've had to be careful with with myself is that I've had to really rein that in a little bit because people don't need to know that they don't want to know that mm-hmm. just because i like it like doesn't it doesn't it just it sometimes it maybe complicates things a little bit unnecessarily and all the rest of it and that's kind of like the background that i've come into and the way in which i've probably had to temper it back a little bit because i was i was always quite like that i still am like that though i still love that side of it it's just not always relatable to every single person and i think that you know, I thought because I turned up and I knew what a calorie deficit was that I, I, every person I speak to is going to achieve their biggest goals. And it's just not, you, you need no. to, the, the ability to relate to people is something I underestimated at the start. Yeah. And it's huge because people, people, like they, they, yeah, they like the idea that you're knowledgeable. That's important. But they buy into you as a person. And that's something I underestimated at the start was how do you build bridges with people? Yep. How do you get them on board? How do you get them to trust you? The, the, my best client, I don't mind saying this, uh, even if I've got other clients that are listening, <laughs> but it's because I learned the most from them and it was one of my early, early clients. Didn't achieve a thing, right? The guy's goal was weight loss and he didn't achieve his weight loss goal, right? And, and I just couldn't work it out. He used to give me food diaries and all that and I was like, I don't get it. I do not understand this. Look at this. What am I doing wrong? Like, what, what's happening here? Mm. Now, with my perspective, he was obviously lying because he didn't feel comfortable enough to tell me that he, he wasn't able to do the things I was asking of or whatever. Do you know what I mean? For whatever reason. Another thing that you kind of touched on there was that kind of like the tendency to blame mm. the client a little bit. Whereas I think the first thing you need to ask yourself is, well, why aren't they doing that? Like, what could I do to make that easier? And this just all comes down to how personable you can be, how relatable to the person you can be. And I learned a ton from that, like that that person who 
didn't achieve his goals and was the feedback he was giving me just wasn't true. It just wasn't true. And there was nothing I could do with that. But like my, my kind of thing is to look at it and say, could I do more? And that was like eye-opening to me. Like, so that's my first protocol now is if, if someone's struggling with something, it's not, can I just get on with it? It's, or just do it. What, what's your, do you know, it's how can I make this easier? Mm-hmm. And I think that's an important thing. It's about being able to relate to people. It's not just, I could, like I said, I come from uh, my, my sort of background before I started. Is I, I knew the technical stuff. That was not, the, not a problem at all. One of the things I, did, I learned quite quickly because of my experience was you need to be completely relatable and you need to be able to like, um, people need to buy into you. Yeah, it's not about how much, you know, how much you know, it's about how much you care, mate. Mm-hmm. It's as simple as that. Like, people will, will buy into you. I mean, you, you're sitting chatting at the bit, waiting for them to ask you where the muscle connects and what <laughs> yeah, yeah. point that is when, you know, the reality is it's low on the list of priorities to talk mm-hmm. about. The first thing you talk about is, how's your day been? Mm-hmm. That's number one, mm-hmm. and when you spend some time with PTs, I know I felt this. You might be similar, um, Andy. You are really clued up on the, you know, the, the bodybuilding side of it, so you are quite willing to talk about that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. Um, when you spend time with PTs as a new PT, you're almost like, right, I need to know more Aye. because they uh, they are saying something in the staff room that I, I don't really remember that in the course. You know what <laughs> I mean? Um, when really it's just it's talk about client struggles. Aye. You know, the best thing you can do is, or a client, you know, even if you're a brand new PT, and um, some of the first questions you get asked, if you're just a a PT, which is usually above average physique you've got, so you maybe haven't experienced a lot of the nutrition struggles that people go through. So if your client says to you on day one, your first of a client saying, I can't, I can't stop snacking. Mm-hmm. And you go, well, I'm not a snacker. I, I, I eat chicken rice all day. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm all right. Um, just by having the right conversations with the right people and asking, you know, instead of asking a PT um, how they do this with our marketing or whatever, and you're brand new, ask them what they, how, they, how they do their check-ins with their clients. Mm-hmm. How do they find out as much information as possible for their clients? Because that's what it all is about now. Mm-hmm. Um like I, I honestly, I have I'm we doing. We were talking about check-ins the other the other week, couple weeks. Yeah. Like, so how do you do this? How do we do that? So yep. Like I can't believe um, how far I've got. Uh, with how little extra knowledge I've added onto my my armor. Like I've not done an an extra nutrition course. Don't get me wrong. I read a lot and I watch a lot of the big stuff and I take a lot in. But it's amazing how little that actually matters to my clients. Yeah. And it, it's baffling. So PTs listening to this, you know, it's all well and good. We're all. We, aye, we are a marketer these days where we need to do our own taxis, we need to do X, Y, and Z. Um, but you can't do all that because you won't last a year. None of that will be relevant if you don't do the basics right. Mm-hmm. Train a ton of people and relate to a ton of people. Yeah. Because all that's going to happen for that, the same as what happened with Scott, was he got a ton of referrals. Mm-hmm. After that guy who you didn't know um, wasn't getting results, mm-hmm. once you flick that switch, you aye. get referrals after that because aye. you become you became relatable. I learned more from that person who really didn't achieve their goal than clients who go on to smash it. Like, you learn a little bit from everybody, I think, probably. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Um, but uh, that was a that was a proper turning point a little bit for me because it just it, it just sort of changed. Like I said, I just I had I had all the technical knowledge. Like that was not a, that was not an issue, but it made me realize how important it was to be able to relate to people and um, to have people feel comfortable enough that they can be honest with you with their struggles. They're not, you're not going to judge them because I think sometimes that's the big fear about the gym and personal trainers is that they're judging, you know, and, and, and you, you need to break down that barrier because I think for the for most part, you, I hope would like to think, I don't know if I'm just being hopefully op- optimistic here, but like 
that they're not that they actually want to care and all that but it's about you have to do the bit to break down that barrier you can't just assume that the person knows that you need to go the extra mile with them and like I said kind of build bridges and all I that w- yeah. I would say 90% of it is the trainer's fault I'm not say fault quote unquote but mm-hmm. I mean they just need to get it out of them like when have you ever heard me say I hate a client very very rarely and if I do they're no longer with me Mm. Do you know what I mean? And you hear far too often, like Andy said, PTs just hate their clients and they constantly say it. Mm. And you're going like, well, it's your fault. Mm. I don't care if they don't stick to a diet. I don't care if they did this with X, Y, and Z. It's your fault. You're not asking the right questions. You're not giving them the right ultimatums. You're not giving them the right platform to tell you their problems. Mm-hmm. Uh, you kind of get defensive. This isn't a relationship. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Andy, what I was going to ask was, I know you mentioned there about the, before I forget, about like struggling to kind of be friendly and be like hi how you doing I'm Andy and you're Titan when was that was that around about the same time because obviously you were on shifts mm-hmm. and then you went on rent quite quickly to the mm-hmm. gym um, but I remember you for a wee period kind of struggling to pick up yep um, was that around about that time was that aye yeah what would what did you apart from you know changing your outlook and realising that um, you had to talk to people or whatever what else did you feel that you'd done what was was there anything else if you were to give MD advice I know that um, is probably like similar scenario to you. What would you say? So the <clears throat> so basically up until yeah when I started in April two thousand sixteen, I didn't notice that I had nothing. I like I had a house and everything. And I had like just enough to cover bills, so I was getting one off sessions now and again, posing now and again, um, and things like that so from April um, until September, and then. I've been doing classes on a Saturday night. The only the only client I've ever picked up from a class was my first like proper like direct debit client. And um I remember when she was like, There's the there's the standing order, like she sent a screenshot of like the online banking thing. And I was like, Right, I'm gonna treat her like she's the only source of income I have. Like every penny that comes from her is my only source of income. So I was like, every session needs to be absolutely spot on. Again, to advertise to other people around the gym, I want her to know that I care. Like she's my bird. That's that's how much I wanted it. Like, I want to be like every check, and I'm going to be like, "How's this? How's that side of your life?" Like stuff that doesn't even matter with check-ins. Just try and build up this like this almost friendship with this client. And I think when it's a bit kind of cliche and a kind of bit up in the air and all that kind of stuff, but like the, the positivity that you're trying to like provide this person. It then bounces back and then when you're in the gym, like I was because I was getting results with this girl and she was having a good time, I was like, right, okay, again we come back to like the asking if like if you're in the wrong. I was like, No, I'm not in the wrong. Like I know I'm I know that I'm good and then that kind of demeanour just kinda I think resonated and then she told pals and that and then people saw me around the gym more and, and it's just been a bit happier and not just being this growling bear in the corner and um it, it was that it was I think for me that that really changed I just my outlook was just like this is the only person in my life that matters right now yep. and that kind of shone through and um, that's and how I treat it mate, so. that's, a, that's a very good point that just reminded me of when like because I remember you count the hours up didn't you as you go you get a client and they do two and then you get another one you're right man four hours a week come on <laughs> and you get yourself a target maybe 10 15 hours or whatever and you go right that'll be enough to get me going um and anybody listening to this that is maybe six months into the job or even a year into the job and they are in that sort of 15 mark 10 mark uh, when two is in holiday and you, you know you're i think you're one good client away from really excelling yeah uh, would you agree scott yeah i think so yeah yeah it's it's um 
that is that is the way you typically tend to sort of measure it as well, isn't it? You sort of start to like either count how many clients you've got or um, start to um, count the hours that you're doing and stuff like that. Yeah, I think so. I think. It's amazing how um, just getting one client twice a week, seeing you on that gym floor, wear your uniform on, mm-hmm. but there is a buzz. Mm-hmm. Uh, and straight away, you, you you almost the imposter thing goes away, and you're like, I actually should be here. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, don't get yeah. me wrong, mate. The first person I trained this last year, Australia, um, and I think I just I don't even know what I charged them, mate. Right? It was one of the ones <laughs> uh, breaking the pure gym rules, I think. And uh, I got she came in, I didn't know what to do with her, Tommy. Right? Mm-hmm. I, I googled this uh, workout plan. Right. printed it off right it was this pdf we had another business name on top it by the way i didn't even know my business at this point it's just my name obviously you're not hawkeye uh, was that not before hawkeye don't drop that one in there <laughs> and yeah, i just did i just did what i would do in a class where right. i took her in the corner of the gym did planks press-ups mountain climbers um mm. but it was it was my first time you know what i mean and i feel that we work in a commercial gym so it is this is specific to people who work in a commercial gym that um the members almost need to buy into you. Mm. There's quite a high turnover of PTs, and I feel that um, once you've almost served your time, I think that, like, you know, after about three or four months, they go, all ah, right, okay, he's not just coming and going. He's, he's there. Um, and he said hi to me a few times, and, you know, like Andy mentioned earlier, like, everybody's different. You know, Scott's quite articulate. Andy Andy loves his check-ins. He loves, you know, his strength would be the check-ins and writing writing proper paragraphs of stuff to people to give them mm-hmm. you know there might be other people listening to this that are you know jolly and run up to you and be like let's do do i do five puppies with me and <laughs> and that's fine play to your strengths and um, but be, be what you need to kind of be in the pt game is have a wee a wee touch and everything as well Aye. which you had to do mate and yeah. it's actually worked out better for you um and in the long run but i i feel that that's one of the things that um, pts need to kind of um realize but i um also Let's talk about being a PT right now. Then um, we'll, we'll finish on that and talk about um, the realities of being a like actually being a PT. No, no becoming one, being one. Um, very early starts, um, and for most cases, late finishes. Mm-hmm. Scott Simpson. <laughs> uh, so you know, he, you start at what six a.m. Sometimes finish at seven, half seven. Yeah, sometimes eight. Yeah, seven years you've been doing this. Yeah. So seven years. So Scott knows that he should probably not be doing that anymore, but he enjoys it. <laughs> um, he enjoys it. That's when a lot of his clients are available. So that's fine. Um, but I was that right up until when last year, yeah. uh, middle of late last year. Mm-hmm. So, and you need to be. Am I right? Like yeah, you, you've 100%. took a couple of nights away, Andy, haven't you recently? Yeah, only because of the online side. Yeah, because of the online yeah. side. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I'm able to do that. Yeah, but. Would you agree that the online side, I mean, you do have a lot of competitors and stuff, and that's fine, but your online side grew because you're one-to-one time-served? Yeah, you know I mean? yeah, yeah. It's, it developed me. But exactly. Yeah, yeah. So his, yeah. so Andy's goal was always to go online and get more online clients. So he he used this platform of, right, get one-to-one, and then the taper off there for affordability would be straight into online. Uh, yeah, in years to come, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, your clients. So, aye, like, yeah. for example, if they did a two a week and then one a week and then you want them online, aye, uh, yeah. that's so that's that's, yeah. that's kind of where he went. Mate. So, I, I mean, I, I, I finished at twelve or one o'clock now. I've, I've waited a long, long time for that. I do have a good bit online as well, so to kind counteract that. Mm-hmm. Um, but realistically, you're going to have to for two or three years work those shifts. Mm-hmm. You may have to go home for three or four years and come back. It's just the way it is. You're going to need to go where the client wants to go. Um, but I think if you if you persevere through the years that um, it'll be worth it mm-hmm. um, and I think you won't get a more rewarding job if you 
if you actually just apply yourself. And the most important factor is just working hard mm. mm-hmm. uh, more than anything. And if you don't, if you get a year or two in and you realise you don't actually care, I'm f- I'm sorry, but you're in the wrong job. I hope so. In my opinion, mm-hmm. um, because I, it doesn't feel like work, you know. Yeah, I mean, going back to the kind of being a PT, so I'll just touch on my like routine. So it's up at four Monday to Friday most weeks, and then prep all my meals, and then I do morning clients. So my slots are between six a.m. and one. That's not straight through because obviously some gaps and all that as well. Um, I obviously don't do as much PT as, as you, both of you. Um, and then I'll train, and then I'll be back at 3 o'clock, half 3 at the flat, and I'll do online work until the moment my head hits a pillow. So that's that's reality, and like that's after doing it for four years. Um, you know, as, as you develop, as you get better, as you become a better PT, and you get busier and busier and busier, you got to realise that when that point comes, yeah, it's great, and the money's great, and having kind of people come to you for help and stuff is fantastic, it's such a great feeling, but it does get more intense as the years goes on, if you do everything kind of right, and you kind of, like we like everything we've been talking about in this podcast, and, and uh, you do have to devote your life to it, um, mm-hmm. I mean, we all get up at daft hours, um, you're answering messages on a Saturday and Sunday, even when you tell your clients not to, um, you, you could be doing like sometimes I'm like I've just got to get up at five on a Sunday and do this plan it's yep. the only time of day I have to write it and I'm not letting my service slide by not getting up um, so like it does take a big part of your life but that's why it has to be your life and you have to be passionate yep. um, I think all three of us are very very passionate about doing about doing this and all with our wee niches and all that as well and um, that, that is that's the reality of it if this isn't your your life I know it's maybe a bit strong, but if it isn't your life, then I don't. I don't really see you lasting very long, to be honest. It's an uphill battle. For mm-hmm. I, it's it's not just a job. It's no. like a, a nine to five. They can go home and just shut off. Yep. Uh, we can't. PTs can't. Um, so you really have to love working with people, training people, dealing with people's problems. Some some of those problems are just kind of can be a way above your head. And you've just got to try and sort them, and you're going to be some people's best friend. You're going to be some people's um, drill sergeant it does just it's, it varies so often yep. but it has to be your life to make good money at it and to make it a career that's it's, it's a difference between a job and a career yep so, spot on mate yeah. love it mm-hmm. Scott talk yeah, us through your, your week for my week uh, it's not probably I'm, I'm up quite early as, as well I get up at like half four and he's got half an hour on me <laughs> uh, so I get up at half four and my first client's always at six um, I'm quite a routined person so I don't mind that side of it um, I get up at half four, like Monday, Friday, and then Saturday, I, I'm actually in the gym in the morning. I start a wee bit later. Um, and yeah, it's, it's long days. I sometimes don't finish till um, eight o'clock. Um, and it's uh, it's pretty constant. One of the things, actually, that one of the kind of things that I, I, I try to factor in now that, I, that it sort of became more apparent to me that I was going to need to do this when I got busy, when I was really busy and time was becoming more of an issue, was just um, actually breaks. And stuff uh, like that, like yeah. you, you sort of forget. I get to like two in the afternoon. It's like I'm starving, <laughs> and it's like because you've you've been just like back to back. So I've got pretty good at structuring my day, I have to say. Um, but it is it's long days, it's long days, and it's right. You have to sometimes work right through the weekends, and mm. I try and be quite strict with not doing anything at all on a Sunday. But sometimes you have to give that up a little bit as well. Uh, but it's <laughs> it's about really enjoying it. Like I, I don't, I don't. That sounds maybe to some people like it must be absolutely brutal, but I don't feel that way. Mm-hmm. I do. I'm one of these annoying people. I don't dread Monday. I don't. I yep. enjoy what I do. Yep. So I, it's I'm the same, mate. Like I'm trying to think if there was a time where 
where I did really, really. I mean, there was a time in my in my career where I was um, contemplating doing commercial management. Mm. Um, it's just something I had always done. Uh, like PT was just I felt quite um, unpredictable. Um, they were offering jobs left, right, and centre for a steady wage in management. I briefly thought about it. Um, what, in Pure Gym? Aye. It was short-lived. And then as soon as I didn't go for it, it just gave me the motivation just to um, take it for there. And I just I just focused. And excuse me. <coughs> after that, that was pretty much my motivation was to write enough of their thoughts and move on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Somebody <laughs> so yeah, I, th- I think it's those long days again. <laughs> <laughs> I think a lot of PTs, um, time management is a big thing. I, we've I, I've PTs that have come and gone in our gym, and they're just like, how can you show up ten minutes late? Fucking hell, get up earlier! Christ's sake, Aye. like people are giving you thirty pound an hour. No, no other job for a, a, someone in your early twenties, late twenties pays that. Really, like you know what I mean, and um, so time management needs to be at the, the top priority for you. If, if that's gonna, if it's going to become a career or something for you, like you can't be showing up to sessions late, and you have to make the the most of every second in the day. Like yeah. Every second of the day, yeah. like I could, if I sat down and saw like time frames of my day, I could. Uh, you'll see me doing something productive at least. If it's for my own bodybuilding, if it's for online, if it's for just messaging a client, making sure they're not right, and then PT, and then every every single second has a purpose. And I think, you know, t- I've, I've seen some PTs with just fucking horrendous time management. What's, your, what's, what's the biggest thing you hate that a PT does with a client? Like pet peeve. Yeah, um, like they're late for them, or what's, what's the biggest thing that you would, like for listener to listen and go, right, I need to avoid that? Um... Don't go near your phone. People, PTs on their phone. Yeah, that is that is number one. I would say, and then like trying to interact with other PTs in the gym floor. Yep. Like, never mind the other PT. You'll see them later. Yep. Like, don't try and have banter back and forth. And if you see a member, you know, say hi, but don't get engaged in conversation. Just it's it's lack of focus. Lack of focus on the one to one client. That's probably the biggest pet peeve. That'll be you, Scott. Is, so I yeah. guess a phone thing for you is it not? Probably yeah, the same. Yeah, I find that. I mean. I, out with the, like I've saw some ridiculous things, but like that's probably one of the ones you see more commonly. I think that's that's yeah. a bit of a thing. I think members pick up on that as well. Oh, I don't think that you know yeah. sometimes you think I I could maybe like go into a gym and like see a PT doing something, and sort of maybe for me personally, I sort of feel like it's not the best. I don't know if I'd do that, but mm. it maybe wouldn't be the type of thing that a member would sort of pick up and be like that's a bit dodgy um, that they're doing that. But I think the phone thing is something that everyone recognises is mm. a bit of a piss take. Uh, well, obviously. You get- you get people who enter their clients' weights and all that on their yeah. phone. Um, yeah, that's what I do. Just, just for anyone listening who sees me on my phone. Yeah, so obviously <laughs> there's the defence to be made for that. But I think you're right, Andy. Lateness is a big one. Um, I think that always times for me. There's not many people who jump out of bed in the morning and get to work. Like, I've never hit snooze since I've been doing this job. Well, since I've been doing it well, I think. Mm, uh, right. I'm up and out of bed. I never, I never even think about getting an arm in or two. I've got a purpose when I get up Aye. to get in. That. I've got a purpose to get in and either do a post for social media or whatever. Um, but I think lateness is a big one because it's not just about being late, it's about, you know, it just tells me that, w- like, your day's already out of the joint if you're late for something. Do you know what I mean? You know when you're rushing, you, you get there just on time, it's the start of your day. And it also just t- speaks volumes for how ready you are for the client, mm-hmm. I feel. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? And the client starts to know, 
I've even seen things where the client just gets warmed up because they, they're that used to it. They even do one exercise in. Aye. And they'll meet them, you know, two exercises in and just be like, all right, aye, that such and such again. There's a big part of the job is leading by example, isn't it? Aye. Like, yeah. I, I, don't, I'm, I would never sit and pretend that, like, I've got everything on lockdown. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, I'm some sort of robot and just everything runs smooth from start to finish. Like, sometimes things happen. But uh, you, you have to... How can you, how can you tell someone... If someone's been like, oh yeah, I was in the gym on Wednesday, but I sort of ran out of time, um, so I had to kind of cut my workout short. Well, how can you say to that person, maybe you should have just got there a wee bit earlier if you can't turn up in time? Aye. Do you know what I mean? Like you have to kind of lead by example. You have to. Yep, do that. You have it's to important. take it serious, mate. Yeah, this yeah. is this is your business. Mm-hmm. This is serious stuff here. You need to be. This isn't just your wee job after you've left uni and you know you're 25, 24, and you're just like, oh, you know, I'll do PT for a while and people hand me cash, because um, that's where. You know, us guys sitting here on a, a Friday night and, you know, the standard will try and raise. I want to make these people feel even more inferior. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Because, like, I mean, we're getting on a wee bit. I'm 30. Um, but I want to make sure that any of the young PTs know. I don't care if you're young or no. Mm. Do you know what I mean? If you pay, yeah, matter, yeah. exactly, if you pay a joiner today, something, you don't care what age you is, you want, you, you get a specific job done. Mm-hmm. You don't go like, oh, he's a young joiner. So mm. the, the, fucking, the table doesn't, it's only got three legs. <laughs> I don't care, you're a joiner. Aye. Do you know what I mean? Um, so I want to, that, 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 I mean, it's not the only reason I do this for content for people listening, yeah. clients, potential clients, and to offer good value. But at the same time, I want people to know that uh, the standards have been set now. The yeah. PT game you're, it's not just counting reps anymore. It's the in-depth check-ins. It's the personalised approach. It's the I understand you. I remember what you told me you were going to do last weekend. All this stuff, because... Like the, the other ones are getting caught out, and I can't wait to see them crumble. Mm-hmm. Um, if you don't um, take it serious, yeah. I mean, like we're just kind of talking about the the online online coaching thing, and everyone trying to bounce off that, and everyone trying to be the next big online coach, be the next trained by JP, and um, and you you hear some feedback from like some of their clients, and just like it didn't get back to me for like two two weeks. I'm like. Yep. Fucking two weeks for a, for, a, for my text message. Are you serious? Like, You're so only that, online. Yeah, that's, that's all you do. Um, but like that, that's again, it's that's someone jumping the gun and trying to be like I said, I'd be an XJP or or whatever, and just trying to like be something far away in advance that they mm-hmm. where they haven't even mastered like the basics. Mm-hmm. Um, that happens again. It happens all the time, and it's just people just not wanting to serve time. Yep, they want to be. They want to be a hundred thousand followers on Instagram. They want to be so and so online coach, and they want to be prep coach this, prep coach that, and and um, you have to pay your dues. Yep. Um, every big coach we did, we all did. Um, we're still paying dues. Yep, we haven't mastered. We haven't mastered this. Yeah, None of us have. Yep. Um, you know, and every again, I go back to the point. Like, like you were just saying, like. When I see you at like on the on the top floor in the morning, I know you're writing a post on Instagram or you're doing a social media thing. Um, if you're on your phone, I know that's what you're doing, and I know that's what you're doing as well. And um, so it's about just being so. You have to be such a proactive person, and and yeah, it may take you a while to realize that. It took me a it took me a while to realize that I need to be proactive with developing personality. Um, and like you were saying that like you spent a lot of time in the staff room and that to develop being on the gym floor and. Honing in with your PT sessions and stuff, and um, you y- you have to serve your time with the basics and and learn learn the game from the ground up and yeah, too it's the it's the cliche now in the fitness industry. People, everyone wants to be an online coach. Yep. Um, you know, I I start I, I started with one in two thousand and thirteen, 
and you know I'm not even the busiest um, and this is what 2020 seven year ago and I've still not where I want to be and yep. um, I've, I've had I've had clients who have started in PT and they're like oh how long did it take to to develop this coaching it just got going nowhere and I was like I started with one started with one then it became two and then it became four and online is harder yep. on, because I, I know a lot of like Phil Graham and that say like the industry is not saturated I know the point he's trying to make but it is and you have to be so unique in your personality and your approach and everything you do towards towards PT I mean each three of us have got something different personality wise um so you you really have to stand out and that that is the going back to reality you have to you really have to stand out you can't do this half arsed yep. you can't just put up a photo from your last show you can't just put up one tra- client transformation you know uh, you have to do so much to be known in this game it's a hard game yep. it mm-hmm. is it's su- it's that is that is one thing i did not realize yep. and like looking back when i was really young in the gyms and stuff and looking at all the pts and be like like look at him like you know what i mean like you're looking down on him and uh i did not realize the amount of work that i'd have to go into this and it like the whole becoming your life thing i didn't realize it was gonna become that but i love it i absolutely love it this is i can't believe i've i fell into something almost by accident yep um that is like it's just an incredible it's an incredible job once you've ma- not mastered it but you know what i mean like develop the basics and that, so mm-hmm. yeah. yeah go back to what andy said about the um whether you've got one client, five clients, 15 clients. Um, instead of this week or whenever you're listening to this, channel all your energy into what Instagram post you're going to do or what you're going to put up on social media. Um, do something different with those five, 10, 15 clients. Mm-hmm. You know, if you speak to them once a week, say you train them on a Monday and then you speak to them on a Saturday for checking, message them on a Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Instead of, you know, investing time on getting new clients, look after these ones like Andy done. Blow them away and just... and, and Phone them and randomly on a Tuesday and just be like, just checking you, you did that, you know, workout this morning. Mm-hmm. Um, because I guarantee you, as soon as you start to look after the current crop you've got, um, they'll refer on. And you want to be in a world where, so like, I'd be happy if Instagram crashed tomorrow and I know I could still be busy. I know I could yeah. still make a living. Yeah. That's just, off you, your, just off the name alone. Yep. That's what yeah. you want to be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I would go <laughs> hand out leaflets or get my, or I would just go that to every single client, right? Mm-hmm. Can you tell your family about me? Mm-hmm. Done. But instead, everybody's so reliant on social media. I think I've, I've said this to a client before um, that I would love to be in a position where people who know nothing about PT, know nothing about the industry, know Andy's got PT. Mm-hmm. They know who that is. Just like we know, like certain brands are like builders. We know who they are, but yeah. we've none of us are in the building trade. I, I want that. I want. I want to be in Glasgow and in Scotland to be like. Oh yeah, I've heard of a PT before. It's Andy Scott, or it's the Glasgow PT, or it's Scott Simpson personal training. You know what I mean? Yeah. That 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 would be the ultimate goal yep. for me. Yep. Is just being recognised as a brand from people n- that have not a clue about the fitness industry at all. I it's think that'd be a, a good big goal. goal. Big goal. Well, trying, I'm trying. I'm trying. You know. <laughs> uh, no, yeah, no, I agree with everything Andy was saying there. I think, um, like you said, sometimes I think you're at a risk of kind of making it sound like it's like a proper slog. And there is obviously that side of it where it is like we we've went on about it the long hours and and how you have to develop yourself and the kind of level of self accountability you need to have because no one's there to really pull you up for the the yep. wee things, but it does ultimately come back to haunt you. People notice things, um, and but but like fundamentally, it is like I, I, it's hard for me. And I'm sure there are there's other obviously really rewarding jobs out there, right? Um, but it's like hugely hugely rewarding if you can kind of do it right. 
Yep. Spot on, mate. That's something I just missed about, um, you know, we don't get adjudicated. We don't get somebody watching over us and going, right, your client wasn't doing that squat properly. We can get away with murder. Mm-hmm. Um, because, like I said earlier on, the, the, the clients, it's all this sort of stuff's alien to them. They don't even know anything about it. Or, so we could just fill their head with garbage or yeah. make them do, you know, you know, terrible form and just get away with it. So what I would urge is following guys like Andy, like Scott, that um, you can use them as a sort of standard benchmark. You know, you don't don't look at PTs that um, are spouting a lot of rubbish and, you know, promoting stuff that isn't anything to do with it. Pro- follow PTs that are showing you um, what kind of clients they've worked with, how they've worked with them, what obstacles they've overcome. Um, because you can learn for that and use that in your job. Simple as that. That's what we've done. We've just looked at other businesses and went, right, yep. I'm going to take from that what I can. That's not for me. It doesn't fit in with my, you know, my values or whatever. But AI, uh, you know, you need to set your, you need to set your own standard. Uh, don't look about. If you look about, for example, there's people in independent gyms with two other PTs, uh, and you know, if you're the best PT there, you know, and the other two are bad, you're going to bring yourself down, aren't you? You're going to pat yourself on the back when you think you're doing well, when really it's just average. So that's why I would say use social media to like look out and see PTs that are just doing what you want, um, ethically, of course, uh, and use that as your benchmark. I mean, for me, it's you with social media. Like yeah. when I see you on social media, I'm like, that's what I need to be, and I know I'm lazy with it. You yep. like, um, I know I'm normally lazy, but I'm like, right, like, what's Chris doing? Aye. Like, it was weird calling you Chris. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and like, aye. okay, <laughs> that's no stick. <laughs> I'm always like, what's what's he doing? All right, that's, that's a good, that's a cool post. I see what he's done there, and just you know, learning from different. Aye. and just obviously, I've got the ability to kind of speak to you one to one and stuff like that, so which aye. is great. But yeah, you need to find. Find role models, decent role models, on on social media, and kind of, you know, I, I, I'm a bit of a hypocrite, but like not just someone in their in their fucking pants, you know what I mean? That's what they're flexing. Um, you know, f- find someone that you kind of you really look up to, and you want to kind of emulate within your own Aye. image. Take from what you need um, that works for you instead of trying to either carbon copy it or do something that's just not not you at all. I mean, everybody's doing video now, um, but mm. if it's just not you, just don't do it. Yeah. Just um, yeah. like I said with Andy earlier, he's articulate, so write an e-book, write a, write a nice um, daily email to people, mm-hmm. help people in another way that mm-hmm. suits your personality. Mm-hmm. Cool. Anything you want to add before we wrap it up? Um, I think s- some PTs come in with like very specific specialities, mm-hmm. which is great. Um, like... Um, Strength and conditioning, strength and conditioning, rehab, things like that. Those things, those things are great. Bodybuilding, but bodybuilding, um, but don't throw your eggs into that basket yet. Yeah, like if you want to be the best strength and conditioning coach, if you want to be the best PT that focuses on sports rehab, then fair enough. But what's the what's the two main things people want? More muscle, less fat. Yeah, like it's rare someone's going to come in and be like, I want you to help me run a marathon, um, or someone's going to come in and say, I want you to kind of. Help me with my golf swing and, and things like that is as rare. Um, yep. So uh, to any kind of new PTs or people thinking about going into PT, um, have these specialities, but realize that you need to master again mm-hmm. the basics first. Yep, and you need to shift your mindset just because you're married into one belief, i.e., powerlifting, bodybuilding. That the, the person right in front of you might not need that. Yeah, you need to identify yeah. that by talking to them and first of all shutting up Aye. and listening Aye. to them. Aye, definitely. Um, that goes a long way. Yeah. Um, that spot, mate. I forgot to mention that. Cool. Right, cool. I think we'll wrap up with that then. All good. Um, as always, thanks very much for listening. Uh, we filmed this in the podcast rooms, uh, West Regent Street. Um, so give it a wee check out.
West, West George Street, actually, <laughs> I've been informed. Uh, so have a wee check on the website. It's just newly opened up, and as you'll have seen on my Instagram story, it's pretty pretty sick looking. Uh, as always, thanks to Scott and Andy for um, piping in. Hope you've enjoyed that value, and we'll see you next time. Goodbye. Thank you. See you later. Catchy. Catchy.